The following podcast is brought to you by Crossman's Golf and Country Club in Burlington. Just 45 minutes from downtown Toronto, you'll find the most beautiful and affordable public golf course in Ontario. Maybe the world. Million-dollar views of the Niagara Escarpment. You've never seen the Niagara Escarpment? I mean, it is gorgeous. It's a thing of beauty. Outstanding customer service. Beautiful banquet facilities, practice facilities, great pro shop, and of course, fabulous golf on a championship course. But what really makes Crosswind special? The people. They care about your experience right from the time you drive through the gates. So what are you waiting for? Go to crosswindsgolf.com, see what they have to offer. You'd be a fool not to. And when you get there, tell them Hebsey sent you, okay? All right, Mike, let's start the podcast. sports fans welcome to hebsey on sports episode number 284 mark hebsher here in little italy toronto mike looking after the mothership in new toronto oh my god i i didn't sleep last night i'll be honest with you i'm on fumes this morning i maybe got an hour or two why because i'm a diehard toronto maple leaf fan why because they didn't do the job last night they didn't get it done last night they didn't do it and we're all going to pay for it. We're all going to pay for it. Okay. Another night, restless sleeper, no sleep at all. Saturday can't come soon enough. Let's go. Or do we want to wait? Do we want to wait? Maybe a, can we wait like a couple more days, get this loss out of our system and then come back fresh? No, we got right back into the fire, right back. In. Can, can we, can, can we, can we find a way to get Tampa's flight delayed or uh, customs and immigration officials being especially harsh, maybe on the team? You know, I would never wish for a COVID, you know, outbreak. Never. I would never, never, never. But if it's going to be a mild one <sighs> to help the Leafs win a suspension, can we get a suspension of a player on Tampa? Something. We need a break. Here's what we really need. We need the fans to be louder than they've ever been in their lives. We need the fans to be so loud that the other fans are going, stop being so loud. I can't hear myself be loud. It's got to be ridiculously loud. Chicago Stadium loud. How about this? Dave Matthews band loud. Wow. Anyway, that's what it's that loud. Be. That's loud. <laughs> Have you ever, ever seen Dave Matthews band? No, no, never. <laughs> Fucking loud. <laughs> uh, game seven tomorrow. I'm grumpy today. I hope not to be grumpy for much longer. Do or die. We'll get into that. Plus a bunch of elimination games ahead of the, this is the best Stanley cup first round ever. I mean, every single day, like two teams have gotten through to the second round. Two, St. Louis won last night, and Colorado won like a week and a half ago. Right. Wept out uh, Nashville. Right. Anyway, everybody else is alive. Everybody else is alive. NBA playoffs saw the Heat take out the Sixers in six games. Suns and Mavs will go to a seventh game, and two more series can end tonight. It's been wild. The playoff, this has been wild. And remember, this is the first time ever that the NBA playoffs preceded the Stanley Cup playoffs. So you're right in the thick of it. It's just fantastic. Just great. The Jays fall six and a half back of the ridiculously good New York Yankees. Mm. I hate the Yankees. <clears throat> I've got a, I got an, I hate the Yankee hanky from back in 1978. It says, I hate the Yankees. Well, you know, one BJ is better than nine Yanks. <laughs> oh God. We'll talk baseball and lots of it with our special guest, the third man in the booth on Blue Jays TV broadcast for the last 30 years. Wow. Imagine the stories this guy has heard. Imagine what's gone on under the table there. I wonder who wears pants in that booth when it's 100 degrees. We'll find all it all out from uh, Scott Carson. 
And I have a little teaser for that. And you don't know this is coming, and Scott doesn't know this is coming, but I dropped episode 1050 of my show today, which is in tribute to 1050 Chum when it was a top 40 radio station. And radio executive and chum guy uh, Chuck McCoy drops a bomb, like a truth bomb, a scandalous truth bomb. And I'm going to ask you guys about this when Scott's on the program. Wow. Yeah, that's fantastic, Mike. Um, <laughs> that's a teaser for everybody. So hang I, in there. This is going to be big. Wait, I have to absorb that teaser. Just whew, <laughs> That's something I can hardly wait for that. Can we fast forward to that? Um, we're going to talk tennis. We're going to talk golf and even sports gambling concerns. Because I don't know if you've been watching Hockey Night in Canada. Yeah. I don't know if you've been watching the intermissions at all. Sometimes you watch them. Sometimes, you know, you go to the fridge or you go, go right. to the bathroom or make a sandwich or whatever it is. But I mean, it's weird, man. I mean, it's weird. I'm telling you right now, Ward Cornell and uh, Ed Fitkin and Jack Dennett are ro- rolling over in their graves. And Bill Hewitt and Foster Hewitt are rolling over in their graves. Hockey Night in Canada. It's like, you know, while the game is going on, plus 250. Like, I know gambling. And they go whipping through some stuff there, you know, with like, I'm what the hell? Yeah. Are people really betting on the game, like mid-game kind of a thing? Like, Sure they are. Okay. I, it must be. I, I, I guess. I guess they are. I guess. I guess. Did you see there was a tweet Jimmy the there. Greek? I'd like to see Jimmy the Greek. <laughs> oh, no. He was great till that that one comment he made. I there. know, I know. Eh? But before uh, that, it was good. He had the medallion around his neck. He left. I know a few things. I got some inside information. Washington is going to win. Yesterday, Ashley Docking on Twitter criticized the uh, Sportsnet telecast of Leafs versus Lightning for not having any women on the on the show, like no woman representation. So, are we at that point now, where when there isn't all? male show like we had yesterday that uh it's wrong who 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 what what are you talking about your listeners know uh and you know as well no, ashley no, docking nobody knows her what does she do no, i'd say 99 percent of your listeners so she's so she's looking for clicks she's looking for people yeah i'm just asking your opinion women. on that like yeah. like now I, are we you know what I, I didn't notice because i thought it was a good uh, telecast now is it my fault that the executives at rogers didn't go oh we don't have a woman there Get it! Get me a woman. You know what? Come on. Are we reached that point? Okay. And is that well, what what's her name yeah. watching to see? Is she monitoring number yeah, of women? She's monitoring. That's yeah. what it's all about. Right. Could have been a great broadcast. I wasn't paying attention. There were no women. Come yes. on. Okay. Just wanted your two cents, Hebsy man. You got you got seven cents from me on that. <laughs> um keep the change. I mean, you know, can you see the background of my shot here if you're watching on YouTube? You see that jersey I got there? That's a 70. That's that's Louis Domingue. That's Louis Domingue. Remember? Spicy pork and broccoli. Had to come in in game one to uh to replace uh, Casey to Smith. And he's been he's been there, he's been playing ever since. They got a chance to eliminate Pitt, uh, the Rangers tonight, although Sidney Crosby's questionable. They'll never tell us. They'll no, never by say, the way. They'll never say he's he's out or he's good. It's an upper body injury. I'm sick of that crap. Well, talk about a player being important to a team. I mean, I was I watched that series closely because that's mm-hmm. my second favorite series to watch because I'm a big Crosby guy. And the minute Crosby left that game, the whole complexion changed. I think the Pens were up two nothing, and then they ended up losing that that game. Yeah. And now there's a game six tonight. NHL's got to uh, they got to they got to protect guys like I mean Truba got nothing. He got no no penalty on the play, no supplemental discipline. You can't go after guys like that. And the same way that the Leafs are, I mean, Matthews is just getting manhandled by Tampa. They're gr- clutch and grab. Are you kidding me? They're all kinds of stuff. And the refs, you know, at certain convenient times, yeah, we'll just look the other way. But God forbid you should you should get your stick within uh, three feet 
of a Tampa defender goes down like he was shot. Okay. What a bullshit call that was. Mm-hmm. That bull, the first of the two, the second one against Kerfoot. Okay. Of course he stuck it right up at his chin, but that right. first one, he it hit him in the shoulder and no review. Look, none, nothing like that. That was bullshit. And that's the only way Tampa could score in the third period was on that two man advantage. Damn. I was pissed about that. This is why you play the regular season, Mike. We, you play the regular season, you play the 82 games so you can have this one advantage, and this is it. This is it. This is the seventh game. You earned it. You earned home ice advantage. Now take advantage of it. Take, have the Leafs ever taken advantage of home ice? Like, really taken advantage of home ice? Have they ever, Mike? No. Thank you. They never have. Not an icon I can remember. <laughs> They beat the Islanders on the road for crying out loud in 78. Lanny McDonald, he scores! And jumping up and down, the most awkward, goofy jump. Like, what do I do? Do I jump in his arms? That's not what's going to happen Saturday night at the uh, Scotiabank Arena. It's going to be madness. It's going to be bedlam. Okay? I want everybody to have one extra beer when you're there. Get crazy. Get, <laughs> get high before you go in the game. Get high between periods. Take a gummy. Just be ripped tomorrow because it's going to be an experience. It's going to be an experience. This is what you have to overcome. You have to overcome a team, okay, that's won the last two Stanley Cups and is the toughest team. It's like, oh, it's like um, a cat with nine lives, man. It's like you can't beat this team. They look like they're down. The Leafs get two goals in 26 seconds. We're going to beat them. We're going to beat them. You're not going to beat them so fast. So what's going to happen? The Leafs have, are 0 and 9 in games where they could have eliminated their opponents. 0 and 9. Okay? Wow. And, and many of the players that are on this team and just suffered number nine last night, number nine, number nine, <laughs> are think, don't tell me they're not thinking about this. How do we beat this fucking team? How do we put this team away? Clearly, Jack Campbell has to outplay uh, Vasilevsky. Clearly, he does. He's got to just outplay him. He's just got to be, he's got to stand on his head, as they say. Figuratively, folks, okay? Now, he doesn't literally, like I heard someone the other day. No, no, he doesn't literally stand, no, no. He figuratively stands on his head, okay? Idiots. When someone says that he literally screwed himself into the ground. No, 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 he didn't. You've got the wrong word. You've you've got it messed up. It's like someone who says, I could care less. When they mean to say, I couldn't care less. It means no, you I'm with not you. Care any less on that. So right. just, anyway, so when I hear that, he literally has to stand on his head. Shut up. He doesn't literally he just. So Campbell's got to outplay Vasilevsky and the crowd has to be as loud and as supportive as any crowd has ever been for their team or individual in the history of sport. You got that Toronto fans. I've been chirping about this since I've been knee eye to a grasshopper. We're not loud. We sit in our fucking hands. Okay. We look at the person next to us. Oh, I don't want to draw attention to myself. Fuck that. I want you to make noise. I want it to be so difficult for Tampa to play. I want the crowd surge to be like the first 10 minutes at the Chicago stadium where the, they get, provide so much energy to the home team that the, the opposition is afraid. They give the puck away. They cough it up. The goalie lets a big rebound go. Boom. You got a goal. It's called home ice advantage. Something hitherto unknown to Toronto Maple Leaf fans. Really, because other teams love, oh, we love playing in Toronto. Our family's going to be there. You don't think Stamkos' family and all these other guys from, uh, you know, from Ontario? Oh, for sure, man. 
Toronto? Absolutely. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see. So here's what happens last night. Kerfoot decides a real cute move with TJ Brody. Kerfoot! Uh, oh, I think I'm just going to pass it back here. Oh, God, no. Andre Palat scores. What another? Late in the first period. After the Leafs played, I thought, a very good period. And then, second period, shorthanded, beautiful spinorama by Anthony Sorelli. And now, now it's 2 nothing. And you're going, like somebody said, uh, oh, well, 2 nothing. We've got them right where we want them. Because <laughs> that's what happened, like, last game. That's what happened in game five. Tampa right. led 2 nothing, and we came back. Right. And then, but then beautiful man, Matthews, he's so good. eh? he's just so good. He beats Braden point, gets to the right spot in front of the net, makes the tip of a Giordano shot. By the way, whenever I hear Mark Giordano, I think of Mark Jordan. Don't you? I think Mark Giordano and Amy Sky. It was just like Mark A. Giordano. It's like, you know, Mark Jordan, Mark A. Giordano. So Mark Giordano. And remember he said, it's not Giordano. It's Giordano. Giordano. Mark Jordan. Mark Giordano. Marina Del Rey. Marina Del Rey. Anyway, I just thought it was pretty good. Anyway, so Giordano shoots. Matthews tips. It's two to one late in the period. Then John Tavares at Capitan. One gorgeous goal. One he got credit for that Vasilevsky poked into his own goal, trying to be, you know, flamboyant or I don't know, whatever. I, I was giddy. I'm sure everyone else yeah. was. It was like, what? 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 It was two nothing and two one. It's three two Leafs. And now we go to the intermission and I'm just like, I'm skipping. I'm skipping through the apartment. I'm la de dee. This is you were literally walking on air. I wasn't, I, but I was literally skipping. <laughs> a lead in Tampa with one period to go. Come on! But then the refs conspired to beat the Leafs. That's all I can say. A ticky tack high sticking penalty to David Camp that should have been reviewed because the Tampa player, I think it was a foot, um, faked like he had been hit in the face. And that's really all you have to do to draw a penalty in the NHL. Put your drop your gloves, put your hands up into your face and go down as if let's be honest, as if a a hit to the head is going to force you off balance and drop you to the ice. You know what happens. Hit in the face, drop to the ice, hit in the mouth, drop to the ice, drop the gloves, put your hands up to your nose. Immediately ref sees it three seconds later and goes, oh, it's a penalty. Not a penalty. They showed the replay. Didn't even come close to hitting him in the face. Not even close. Okay, now you're down a man, and then the knucklehead, what's his name again? Kerfoot? You won't be playing tomorrow night, eh? You can't play that guy tomorrow. Oh, I, I, I think Simmons will tomorrow. No, you can't play him. You can't. He's too dangerous. He's too <laughs> dangerous out there. He's dangerous. Look, I, look, if he gave you two goals and gave away two goals, okay. But he gives you two goals and gives away four goals, Kerfoot. Wait, remember what happened? Hey, remember in the playoffs last year? Dermott gave one away in overtime. Montreal scored. Right. Who was the Who was the other guy we had? Who was that other guy we had for a half a season last year? I've erased it all from my memory. Played for played for Montreal uh, before. I can't even remember his name now. Mike Commissarek. No, no, no. I can see him. He's a forward. I can't even. I can see the guy. Played for Montreal. We had him for a while last year. He was terrible. Made that behind the back pass in overtime. Gave him a two on zero. See, I've forgotten his name now. It's okay. I'll keep my eye on your YouTube. I've forgotten his, I've forgotten his name now. There you go. So, so wait, we can, I actually think Kerfoot plays tomorrow. Oh God. I'm afraid when he's on the ice, I've got but my he fingers, will. I mean, the giveaway I got my fingers atrocious. crossed because he's capable of anything. But I believe Kerfoot His high stick on Hedman. What was he doing? I got, I got it that he won the face off and you're killing a penalty. But what are you doing down there? 200 feet from your own goal against Hedman. Anyway. 
So they get the two-man advantage. They score a goal. We complain because uh, what's his name's chin strap was off. Galchenyuk is the name you're coming. Galchenyuk, a putz. That thank he you was. to Tyler Campbell yeah, on your YouTube. Putz that he, thank you, Tyler. Galchenyuk. <laughs> anyway, the refs look the other way. Matthews is held. Matthews is hooked. Matthews is otherwise stymied by the Bolts. They get the overtime winner. We're tied 3-3, game seven, Saturday night. Govern yourself accordingly. So, Mike, you wouldn't make any lineup changes? Nope. I, 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 thought thought they, I, actually, okay. I thought they played well. I really yeah. did. They played well. I mean, they could have lost it in regulation when that guy, what that one guy from Tampa missed the yawning cave. Right. Yes. Right. Right. Uh, anyway. So, so okay. So I uh, I watched last night, of course, uh, excited to finish this up, but never truly believing this thing was going to end in six. I always felt like we'd win five, lose six, and then game seven would be a, a coin flip. Uh, Pakin and I are on the same page here. So. I was not at all like I wasn't like I didn't have trouble sleeping last night because it was as I expected it to. You've unfold. admitted defeat already. You've got the defeatist right. Toronto attitude. You know right. they're going to lose Game Seven. Now you're prepared. No, no, you don't know, but you're. Prepared. I don't know, but you're prepared, I'm right? I'm excited prepared. to be surprised. You're excited to the game. Win. You want to see a great game, but you're prepared. <laughs> and you made some money yesterday because you bet on Tampa to win that game, right? I did. I did. <laughs> do, do I feel any better about it? No. I would give the money back in a second. I would give it back and then some back to Bodog <laughs> if I can get that Leafs win. Tell me now, your predictions okay. for game seven. I'm I have none. Today. I have no prediction. I, I called Tampa to win the series in seven initially. I said it was going to be a hard fought series. It's going to go right. seven for sure. And uh, they've got the experience and we don't. I hope the Leafs prove me wrong. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. Edmonton. Yeah. And the Kings will play a seventh game tomorrow in Edmonton because the Oilers beat um, the Kings 4-2 in SoCal. The Oilers without the suspended Darnell Nurse. Who, who pulled like a Bobo Brazil on that guy. Yeah, I can't believe that he did that. It was a Zinedine Zidane. Boing! We'll go butt there. Uh, without him, um, took a 2-0 lead on goals by McDavid and Evander Kane, who's been terrific. Ooh. Kings tied it early in the third. Then former Leaf Tyson Berry. He scores at 14-50, the winner. Uh, and then Kane with an empty netter, final score 4-2. And back to um, Edmonton, they go for game seven. Elsewhere, Boston forced the seventh game tomorrow afternoon in Carolina after beating the Hurricanes 5-2, and the St. Louis Blues eliminated Minnesota, winning 5-1 last night, eliminating the Wild in six games. Tonight, three elimination games. Pittsburgh with Sidney Crosby, questionable. Can take out the Rangers game six in Pennsylvania. Got the Louis Domingue shirt here. Uh, I like I like Pittsburgh. I, Louis Domingue is uh, very good friends with my next-door neighbor. Oh, interesting. Tony, yeah. So I said, give me the jersey. I'll, we'll put it wow. on supply. And, and, and if they win, we all go out for spicy pork and uh, broccoli. <laughs> That's right. Louis Domingue. There you go. It's a good one. The King. Louis Domingue, the King. Um, and um, oh yeah, the NHL, I think, needs to protect its superstars. I, you know, I watched that hit on Crosby. You can't be doing stuff like that, man. I don't like that. I hope he plays. The NHL is so much better when Agreed. Crosby's playing. Um, meanwhile, Florida can eliminate the Washington Capitals in game six tonight in DC and the Calgary Flames. Can advance to the second round if they can beat the Dallas Stars tonight, game six in Big D. Wow. And Dallas is having a time because the Mavericks, man, came back to beat Phoenix uh, last night in the uh, NBA playoffs. Boy, it was very, very exciting. Uh, get to that in a second. But first, the Miami Heat eliminating Philadelphia. Bye bye, Sixers. And <laughs> okay. whiny Joel Embiid, who was awful last night, seven of 24, <laughs> finished with 20 points. <laughs> Unfortunately for the Sixers, Danny Green went down uh, very early, three minutes in with a knee injury. 
uh, did, did not return. The Sixers had to scramble to replace him. James Harden was horrible. Fucking horrible. He's shit. Yeah. 11 points and nine assists. Do you know that he took nine shots? Though? Do you know that he took two shots in the second half, James Harden? Two fucking shots in the second half. He just half. doesn't seem to give a shit. Like, uh, you don't see a lot of energy plays uh, out of a no, guy. they're out. And Embiid, even after, uh, even post-game, Embiid uh, uh, took took shots at Harden. Said that uh, that he wasn't aggressive enough. It's addition by subtraction. Oh, that, that, cut that, losses like yeah. that. Jimmy Butler was awesome. 32 points, eight rebounds, four assists against his former team. And Miami now advances. Uh, in fact, you know, Harden was as much of a non-factor in these playoffs as Ben Simmons was a non-factor for Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and Dallas forcing game seven, beating Phoenix 113 to 86. Luka Doncic, 33 points, 11 rebounds, eight assists. Phoenix has to win a seventh game at home after finishing with the NBA's best record. Phoenix was 64 and 18. Phoenix was 32 and nine at home all year. And they've got to win game seven to eliminate Dallas tonight. Milwaukee can eliminate Boston in game six at Milwaukee. Golden state can eliminate Memphis in game six in California. Have you been watching any baseball lately, Mike, this blue Jay team. Um, Oh yeah. When I'm not watching my Leafs, I'm watching uh, the Jays. If there's a game on. Yeah, sure. What do you think of the umpiring? Time for robo-umps. I've been thinking the same thing. But so many missed calls. It's like so many. And, and I'm thinking, you know, this idea of, you know, having one um, challenge. You need more than that. <clears throat> you know, a challenge in the fourth inning or fifth inning, you know, if, uh, you know, if a leadoff runner is safe route at first base, uh, that's tough because if you lose that, you, you're out of challenges now. And uh, I, I don't like this. I don't like it in hockey either. I don't like, or in basketball, I just don't like the whole, we're challenging the call. You do need robo officiating. You've got to have it. It's time. Like, get it right. I think it's more, you know, we're at a point where it's just, yeah. you know, get it right. Take away. And even, and even with the, like, how would the robo umpires have handled this? <laughs> like the other night when Yimmy Garcia gets thrown out of the game, Right. There's a three run homer. Donaldson's up. The game's now tied. Strike one to Donaldson. And then the next pitch gets away from Yemeni Garcia. Um, I was going to say Yemeni Glick because I, I hear when I hear Yemeni Garcia again, it's just I think in a, yeah, I think in a Martin, Martin Short. Short, Martin Short's character. <laughs> but anyway, everyone's like everyone, like even Dan Shulman, who very Dan <laughs> Shulman is very like, you know, he's down the middle. I mean, you know, he I mean, he's the Blue Jay announcer and he, he is, you know, somewhat has to be not somewhat biased, but, you know, but even Dan's like, you know, the voice of authority is going, come on, you, you can't throw a pitcher out of the game for throwing it a batter when the balls have been slippery and it's an oh one count. A right. pitcher, you don't throw it, people. That's not when you throw it, guys. You just don't. Now, okay? before, before our guest arrives, and we're going to talk more baseball, obviously, with Scott Carson, can I just go back to the Leafs for a minute here? I just want to know, because you've been around a little longer than I have, but... What are you saying? If 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 the Leafs, and there's a good chance, I think it's a coin flip, but if the Leafs win Game Seven at home on a beautiful, you know, it'll be you know 20 degree degrees, a beautiful sun, Saturday night in Toronto, what happens? Oh, people burst out onto the streets. We are all going to spill onto the streets because of our first round victory. Like we I don't always, know about spilling. I don't know about all of well, us. Well, we typically up, do, but as I recall. But wait, but it's a Saturday night anyway. Right. So let's just say, let's say it's under the guise of we're all going out for a smoke. Let's just say, or we're yeah. all going out for a beer or we're all going out for whatever, but we're all going out to out the streets. 
right? Saturday night. Yes. It's been you 18 will have, years. You will. And also remember, mm-hmm. had this been 20 odd years ago, right? With people don't have all smartphones, they're not all connected, right? You'd have to be in a bar, for example, or in at home. But now everybody everywhere is going to hear. They're going to hear the buzz going on. They're going to stop what they're doing to watch the last minute if they're not already watching the game, right? Things are going to sort of stop. I got a second. Wait, in the middle, I can see it now. Right. The disco around the corner, thumping out Nortania music, and then suddenly stopping in the middle of and going, hang on a second, the Leafs. It could well be that it could cross all of those lines. I think you're right. And I think because, you know, we're a couple of years in this pandemic, you know, arrangement is awful pandemic. And we've been 18 years since the Leafs have won a playoff round. I feel all that will just bubble over, like just well, yeah, spill yeah. over. And we're all well, going to just go fucking nuts on Saturday. Well, you night. are, you are right. I might go nuts anyways, but yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you mean? You're not anyways, you're not going to go nuts if they lose, no. like you'll go nuts inside your house, but you're not going to go out. Mind you. That's a joke. That, that No, but it could be if the Leafs lose and they lose in such a fashion that everyone runs to their window and does mm-hmm. the old Peter Finch thing from network. <laughs> I'm as bad as hell. I don't know, man. I just, you know, it gets, uh, it, the game can't come soon enough. All day long, I'm going to be pacing, 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 like I was yesterday, pacing around. Pacing, and I kept pacing. checking the when time. The game, when does the game start? 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 And this is just a winner. This is just a winner first round match for crying out loud. Uh, I kept, okay, I listen, I got it. that clock. Every five minutes, I was checking the clock, like to make, when, when's puck drop. Oh, God. Anyway, I'm playing, yeah, I'm playing golf tomorrow, CrossFit. Like I got an afternoon golf game tomorrow just to occupy me. Nice. Myself, right? Because if not, you know, I would be, you know, getting some stuff done and then probably starting, you know, one, two in the afternoon. Right. Because the Jays are on, right? I'd be like, okay, I got the Jays, you know, Leaf games later on and that, you know, but I'd be thinking about, you know, what time's the game? What am I going to eat? What time am I going to eat? Is it a 7 p.m. start on Saturday? 7, 7 7.30. I, I found on the weekends it was 7, but probably. on the weekdays it was 7.30. Okay. okay. All right. Know, whatever it is. But yeah, that's I'll about, about that. And I'm, and I'm excited about the Jays as well. Because I know that I'll be watching them all summer. I mean, you know, whatever happens, at least if they advance to another round, that's great. But when the Leafs and Jays are playing at the same time, and they're both playing Tampa, for crying out loud, you know, and Tampa, it's hard to hate Tampa. It's hard to get fucking Tampa. Goddamn greaseball city, a motherfucker's Tampa. No, no, because if we go, I go there. I was just there. I like Tampa. Like the people of Tampa, like the area, I've been going down to Tampa, St. Pete. You like the weather. Clearwater for the longest time. Nicest people down there. Dave Randorf does play by plays a buddy of mine for Tampa. I like Tom Brady. I just like it. I can't hate Tampa. I hate them. I hate the Rays. I hate their stadium. <laughs> but I mean, I always thought the organization was a good organization. And I can't dislike people from the Tampa Bay Area. That's all it is. But New York, I can hate. <laughs> Especially when these motherfuckers go into Chicago. Okay, they're tied 7-7. 7-7 with the White Sox in the eighth inning, and then the Yankees score not once or twice. They score seven times. Seven times in the eighth inning. And they win 15-7, to these motherfuckers. Giancarlo Stanton, two home runs. Aaron Judge, another home run. Josh Donaldson, that, that middle of the order. You know, you know the way we think about, oh, we got Springer, we got Bo, we got Vladdy. Yeah, and they're great. These motherfuckers have Stanton. Judge and Donaldson. And they got a porch at Yankee Stadium in right field that you and I could, we could blow a ball over the wall there for crying out loud. You could hit a fungo over that wall. Okay. That home run that Glaber Torres hit the other night would not have been a home run in any other ballpark in Mejorley Bayball, except for Yankee Stadium. 
for fuck's sakes. And they get to play their 81 times. And they're six and a half up on us now. Six and a half. And who do we get this weekend? We get fucking Tampa. Goddamn Tampa. <laughs> Drew Rasmussen for Tampa. Kevin Gosman for the Toronto Blue Jays. I thought uh, you were breaking into a Paul Giamatti there. Like that whole goddamn, like what's that uh, Giamatti uh, line? You know, goddamn Tampa. From, from which one? From from what movie? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, which one's that from? Is that from uh, was it Private from... Parts? I'm trying to think where that oh, was. Oh, is it from Private Parts? Maybe. Where he, he plays, he plays Pig, pig Vomit. Pig Vomit? Um, <laughs> goddamn. I like him. I like oh, him. He's, he's and his dad has a baseball connection. Well, his dad was the, was the commissioner of baseball. Right, which is a baseball Died, died in office. Died in yeah. office. He was the one who suspended Pete Rose. Bart, yeah. Bart, Bart Giamatti. All right, listen to this. So, so we've got the Jays and, uh, and the Rays this weekend. Uh, the Yankees continue in Chicago. Uh, and our guest today happens to have a connection with the Blue Jays that goes back over 30 years. Wow. 30 years. However, no one has ever heard him speak. He's like the Harpo Marx of the Blue Jays broadcast crew. If he learns to turn his camera on, we could actually have him join. Are you? Argos Ladies fan. Ladies and gentlemen, Toronto sports fan galore. Guaranteed he was on Spilkas like we all were watching the Leafs last night. This man works alongside Dan Schulman, Pat Tabler, Buck Martinez, whoever else might be part of the TV broadcast. Joe Siddle. I think Matt Devlin now. I think Jack Armstrong is going to do some games. Jays games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Cuthbert for sure. Cuthbert's got to be doing some games. Once he's done with hockey, he's got to do some baseball. Right? Jim Houston, I'm sure he's worked with. Anyway, originally from West Hill, Ontario, next to Paul Tracy, I would say the yeah. second most famous person from West Hill, Ontario. Ladies and gentlemen, stats guru, Scott Carson. Like Tipping that? my cap to you. Great like to that? be on with you. Do you like that uh, Harpo Marx thing? Because, like, you're, if they always refer to you, but like, like no one ever goes, uh, hey, Scott, uh, what, what was the stat there? Uh, you know, how are the Jays doing with runners in scoring position? Yeah, not in the uh, not in this job to get any uh, any pub, but uh, it would be nice every now and then if they would tip the odd cap when I pull out a real morsel that they go, oh, I didn't know that, which is very rare. Trust me, because Dan Schulman was an actuary at Western Ontario. And so I can uh, call up a stat, and if there's raw numbers there, and I'm off by one number, smacks me in the arm and goes, no, no, no. So oh, really? he's, a, he's a good guy to have. Oh, he can – and he can do, like, big numbers, like, you know, 198 <laughs> divided by 312, you know, where, like, I have to grab my calculator, of course, because that is my brain. And uh, and he, he can get it down, like, you know – Point two eight seven seven six seven five five four, like right to it. So I check on the uh, calculator, and he's always right. It's uh, it's mind boggling that he's uh, that sharp when it comes to numbers. But the funny part is, he taught me a long time ago. He doesn't do it the way that we do it. He actually takes the numbers and flips them around, and that's how he gets to that number. It's just the way that he's wired. And uh, uh, is he a genius? Uh, borderline probably when it mm. comes to that stuff certainly is a genius when it comes to calling uh major league uh, baseball games and so uh it's a real pleasure to work with him because he's as good as it gets yeah. he's actually better on college basketball he's spectacular yes. on baseball but he's over the he's over the moon great on college basketball 
no doubt. Amazing. It's and there's and they're totally different games, totally different. And uh, yeah, he's wonderful. Yeah, I've known Daniel Daniel Shulman, Daniel Shulman from Thornhill Hunt. I've known for a long time. But wait a (laughs) second. But wait a second. So here's what I'm thinking, Scott. I'm like, okay, so me and Mike are pretty good at putting two and two together from an investigative standpoint. So we're like, okay, so Dan is not, he's not doing the games in Cleveland last week because he's under COVID protocol. Yeah. You're not doing the games in Cleveland last week because you're under COVID protocol. So can we safely say that since you guys sit like six inches from each other, six feet actually, but yes. Okay. Yeah. Leg- legally speaking, right. Six. Legally so you, have speaking. To, you have to sick, be six feet apart. Is it safe to say that one of the two of you caused this, not caused this, but was responsible for both of you being off the air? Yes, it was me. I will put my hand up to that. I, uh, after Wednesday's game, when I was driving home from uh, the Rogers Center, I started getting a really bad headache and I never get headaches at all. And by the time that I got home, my throat was on fire and I thought, okay, better test this out. So I test myself, positive, got up the next morning, tested twice, positive, positive. So I had the COVID. So when I had did you call, step- When did you call Shulman? Uh, first thing in the morning, we were in contact through uh, Rogers and I said, I just tested uh, positive. And I'll tell you what, thank goodness I was... Uh, double faxed plus a uh, booster because I can't imagine how sick I would have been because I was very sick. Wow. And uh, it took me uh, five days to get through that. Now I'm uh, good to go going uh, back to work uh, tonight, uh, finally. So had to miss uh, eight days with uh, COVID. Not going to put it on my resume, but uh, (laughs) uh, uh, I do. uh, I did have it, uh, went through it. My wife had it too, but it was when I was down at uh, spring training. So uh, I didn't uh, get it from, from her. I'm not sure where I got it from because I've been very careful, except for those uh, trips down to the States to uh, do uh, Jays games, you know, 17 days in Florida, which was the Wild West. I mean, you would have thought it had never happened at all down there. I know. I was down there at the same time. I was down there in March. You know, I tried. Yeah, that's to, right. I tried to break I just into the training you. facility. Yeah, I tried to yeah. break into the training facility. Down I just there. missed yeah. you. That's right. And yeah. then and uh, you're went right. To... It was very lax. Very, very oh, lax down there. Crazy. I mean, uh, like, luckily on Air Canada, you have to mask. So back and forth, I was maxed that whole whole time, and then uh, you know tried as much as I could while I was there. But uh, how we didn't get it there, I have no idea. And then we went on to regular season, New York. Uh, New York is New York, of course. And then uh, Boston and Houston didn't get it there. But the uh, flights from Boston to Houston and Houston back to Toronto on United, no one was wearing masks except for us on the on the baseball crew. Wow. So, I mean, uh, not shocked that I got it, but there was enough time between that uh, flight home from Houston and before I actually caught it that I don't think I caught it on those flights. But uh, certainly uh, last Wednesday when I got home, I had it because like I say, I never get a headache. And my head was, my head was pounding and it was like, okay, this isn't good. So 
uh, got uh, th three days of 12 hour sleeps and it got through me. And now I made a really smart move though, because the weather got warm here and the uh, sun was out. I sat on the back deck for like four whole days. It just soaked up the sun. I thought maybe mother nature will help purge me of this. And uh, it worked. I'm good to go now. And uh, quite frankly, champing at the bit to get at it again, because that's the biggest stretch within a uh, season that I've missed in many years. So, uh, and I don't like to watch games on uh, TV. It frustrates me to no end <laughs> just because of knowing how my job works. And so uh, now good to go tonight. Too bad we're in uh, Tampa where the Jays just play so horribly. So now do you, you would normally go to Tampa with the crew? Uh, well, uh, before the last two years, I would have been there, but we've only been traveling to uh, select uh, uh, cities right now. Uh, uh, Tampa was not on the list, so uh, we're doing it from, uh, as we like to call it, a Remy uh, remotely. So I'll <laughs> be uh, I'll be in the bowels of the Rogers Center uh, tonight in our uh, TV mobile, doing my job, looking at a whole bunch of little screens. So. Not ideal, but it's the way that it is now. Uh, I've got Toronto Mike here. I don't know if you guys have met each other before. Nope, you might have met. crossed paths, but you should. Um, Mike uh, usually asks some pretty good questions. <laughs> last sure. last week, one of one of Mike's spies suggested that Ben Wagner was in uh, Toronto calling the game while Tabby was in Cleveland with a rash. And then a couple of days later, we see Ben Wagner in Cleveland with Tabby. So can you provide any insight as to who's where and, and is Rogers, do they want to be forthcoming as to the location of their announcers or would they rather just, you know, try to put a great broadcast together and let us figure it out for ourselves? Yeah, we're, we're, we're doing uh, the best we can right now. Uh, the, uh, the commentators are on site because uh, it has to work that way. As we saw last year, there's that lag when we're all in the uh, studio uh, before we finally got back to the Rogers Center in uh, late uh, July there. So they're on site. Uh, the rest of us are uh, at the Rogers Center in our uh, mobile. And uh, that's the way that we're doing it uh, until the uh, near uh, or far uh, future here. It's just, <clears throat> excuse me, that's the way it is. And that's, that's what we've been uh, dealt with. So that's how we play the game. Mike, are you satisfied with that answer from Scott? I am fully satisfied by that. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, they're doing their best. It, it is a pandemic, and I know it's not easy for everybody working. And I just want to shout out quickly, though, my good friend, FOTM, Andrew Stokely. I'm sure uh, Scott and yeah. Andrew know each other well. Mr. Yes, audio. we do. Very, very much. He's our, uh, he's our lead audio guy and one of the best in the business at his job. And we are uh, so happy to have him because when we need to hear something in our heads, Andrew makes it happen. Nice. He member of the committee. Now, Hebsey, may I chime in here and ask Absolutely. Scott something very, very timely uh, here? Okay, absolutely. so Scott, first of all, pleasure to meet you. I've been hearing your name forever yeah. and I've always wanted to meet you. So, hello. Tom Cheek, the sound of my summers, Tom and Jerry. Oh my God, I love the voice of Tom Cheek and listening to his old calls, and we all miss Tom Cheek. But I have a question about the number 4,306. Please tell us the significance of that number, 4,306. That, that was the, uh, he's the, he was 
God, God rest his soul, the Cal Ripken of uh, broadcasters. And that was, I believe, Mike Wilner would, would know, of course, but um, I believe that was the consecutive games number that Tom had calling uh, Blue Jays games. Correct. Right. And we see it on the level of excellence yes. at the Dome and absolutely big number. Okay, so uh, just this morning I dropped on Toronto Mike, I dropped episode 1050. And wow. episode 1050 is a tribute to 1050 Chum when it was a top 40 radio station. So I have on these like some legendary 1050 personalities. And one of the people I had on is radio executive Chuck McCoy. Do you know Chuck? I, yes, yes, I do actually. Okay. Long time ago, but yes. Okay, so I almost feel like uh, like I feel like uh, Deep Throat gave me some information. I'm about to break Watergate. One of my favorite yeah. movies, by the way. Okay, okay follow the money, Hepsi. Okay. <clears throat> so according to Chuck McCoy on the episode I dropped this morning, 1050, he says the streak of 4,306 by beloved legend Tom Cheek, who we all miss, is a fraud because he actually did miss a game to go to his daughter's graduation, but they decided that uh, to just like ignore that little detail because this streak was so significant and special to people. Do you have any insight or commentary about that? Uh, that is the first I have heard that. I had always heard that his streak ended because of something to do with right. uh, family. So funeral, I, I, I think his father's funeral, maybe something <laughs> I, I have no idea. But uh, like I say, that's the first I've heard of that. And, uh, um, I mean, that's well, whatever. I mean, that, well, if you don't know anymore, only because yeah, the timing I, I, was such you know, Chuck drops this bomb in the middle of this, you know, retrospective yeah, that's... on 1050 he drops this bomb and Chuck McCoy is not just some schlub I met on the subway. Like Chuck McCoy is a radio executive and yes. respected and was on 1050, et cetera. So when he drops this bomb, I'm like, Oh, I have Scott Carson. He's forced to answer my questions today. Like this is all time. Yeah. So, perfect. so, so Mike, so essentially Scott, Carson nor anyone else has been able to confirm uh, this story by Chuck McCoy, correct? No, right now all I have is Chuck McCoy. Right. So you only, so you only have one source, right? Yeah, you, of course. You yeah, don't that's... have an independent second source, which means that the story can't be confirmed. It's one person saying so. No, but all I I've, I haven't reported anything. Chuck McCoy has right. made the allegation. Is suggested. Now, now <clears throat> I don't know if you're aware, but uh, but Tom's streak uh, really. Uh, should have ended at 466. I did a game. I did six games with him in uh, September of 1979. And he was not well at all and was going to take the day off. Wow. All right. He was going to take the day, man. It was like, no, he wasn't thinking Cal Ripken. In fact, Cal Ripken might've been a, hadn't even started playing at this particular, there was no Cal right. Ripken. Right. You know, he was a 15 year old, but anyway, Tom, he was very sick. This one particular week in September, horrible. Um, uh, early win was also sick. I ended up doing a game and Tom was like, you know, I'm not going to even do it, but he did. Right. So it could have ended at 466 and and, and no one would have known a thing. And yeah. I liked, and if someone would have said, Hey, did Tom do that game? I would have said, yeah, he did. The, even if he didn't do the game, mm. even if he was sick and bundled up, I would have said he was there because the, yeah. the game wasn't on TV. There was like 11,000 people there that day. You know what I mean? And well there is one FOTM, and Chuck suggested I talk to this gentleman about this uh, allegation. But one gentleman who's an FOTM I will speak to today is Mr. Jerry Howarth because he'd know. Yeah, he would know. Tom Young would know, I bet. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, Jerry would know for sure. Can I give you my favorite Tom Cheek story? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, 
Okay, this was uh, from my first year, and we're on the bench at Camden Yards. Now, my entire life, you don't hear it much now, but I used to stutter, uh, you know, off and on. It was just one of those things. That day, I was having particular trouble getting some words out. So I was telling a golf story, and I said, and as we pulled up to the, and I was trying to get the word clubhouse out, but it came out as a clubhouse and I went on with my story continue the story come back through 18 we went into the uh clubhouse and uh blah 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 so later on that day I'm up in uh, the broadcast booth doing my thing all of a sudden I feel this big paw on my shoulder I turn and it's cheek and he goes as only he can do Scotto I'd like to apologize my mama had a stammer well, I'll tell you what, that's the favorite uh, baseball TV story that we have. Buck says it to me multiple times a year when I get a little caught in my words, he'll go, my mama had a stammer. And it was it it, 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 it was so Tom Cheek that it was beautiful. I just said to him, I go, don't worry about it. I mean, I stutter my whole life. And so, uh, yeah, we all miss Tom. He, he, was, he was a beautiful man and one of the nicest gentleman that I have ever uh, come across doing this job and uh, we miss him uh, dearly. Incredibly, he was incredibly supportive to me. Uh, avuncular is the word uh, I think of with Tom Cheek. Cause he was, he's like, he was like your uncle. He was looking out for your best interests. Uh, when he saw me on television, the first time on television, I did a CTV wild, wide world of sports thing, motocross for Johnny Esau. And Tom saw it. He, and the same thing, big hand, put it on my shoulder. He goes, you know what? You should be doing television. Like that, like just like that. Yeah. And you know, that makes you feel so great. Wonderful guy. So 4,306. I like that number. Um, the man deserves all the accolades. Hall of Famer. This He sold baseball to Canadians for many years when the team was very bad. All right. You know, cold freaking winters in, you know, whatever the town was in Alberta with the Blue Jays caravan, you know, emceeing, doing players, him, you know, they did that for years, him in early win first few years, Jerry Howarth after that great guy. Um, how did you get this gig, Scott? Like, how did it like this? Like I, I would have loved if I knew that this gig existed and I was in high school, I would say, that's what I want to do. I want to do that. I want to watch every baseball game and come up with these stats, come up with these stats that people were like, Oh, I didn't know that. Well, it, it all started for me when I was around eight years old. That was back when we only used to get two games a week. Remember, you got the Wednesday night Expo, Expos game on the uh, CBC, and then you got the Saturday afternoon game of the week, NBC. You know, Kurt Gowdy, Joe Garagiola, Tony Kubek, that whole scene. So when I was around eight, I started really watching uh, baseball mostly because my mom was a huge uh, baseball fan. And whenever the game was on, it was guaranteed she was sitting in front of that TV watching the game. So I used to take a piece of graph paper, uh, paper and draw out a crude score sheet, you know, yep. just using a, a ruler and a piece of paper. And I learned how to score that way. And uh, not sure if you remember, but, Back in the day, they would actually show you how to score inside of a uh, a program. 
Sure. It was always right in the middle, right around where you would actually keep score within. And so, you know, I learned about five, three and fly out to seven and E six and all those things that way. And um, so fast forward to high school now, and I'm uh, in uh, grade 13, back when they had that, and uh, uh, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. My dad and my two brothers built airplanes at de Havilland for, you know, as long as I can remember. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to uh, go my own way. So uh, it was about, I believe it was July 82. The original TV stats man, a uh, man by the name of Doug Kelcher, I know Kelcher. Was, was my high school football coach. And so for whatever reason, it's, it was, you know, the old fork in the road of life. He had been hired to do the NBC game. They were coming to Toronto for the first time. It was the Oakland A's at Exhibition Stadium. And he said to me on the Friday, what are you doing tomorrow? I said, I got nothing going on. He goes, want to come down to the game and sit in the broadcast booth with me? And, you know, my eyes were like, boing. Are you kidding? Of course, I'd love to do that. So as it turned out, uh, what went down with them that day, it was uh, Dick Enberg and Tim McCarver. The great Harry Coyle, legendary TV baseball uh, director, was uh, directing that game. And after about five minutes, I went, oh, OK, this is what I would like to do. And those, so that was exactly it. So I went, uh, uh, went to Centennial College in uh, Scarborough, Warden Woods uh, campus, uh, took uh, RTV broadcasting. And then during my third year is when you had to do your uh, uh, placement internship and uh they gave me a choice um i could either go to a radio station in cornwall which i had some interest in i always wanted to be a dj big music guy when i'm not doing sports music is my life still is but then they came to me and said uh they're uh, taking uh an intern at a brand new tsn they'd only been on the air for like uh nine months and I thought, oh, really, sports? Because sports was my life. So <laughs> I said, let's try this. So I went for an interview late June uh, with uh, Scott Moore and uh, John Wells. And they didn't ask me any TV questions at all. They grilled me on sports, all sports. And I thought, well, I can handle this. So at the end of that, they said, we would love to have you. Uh, I was supposed to start... Um, just over Labor Day that year, but Scott Moore says to me, what are you doing uh, tomorrow? I go, what do you mean? You want to uh, come and work? Because they were just hiring anybody to sit and watch sports, live <laughs> games, right. and do highlight packs for them. Right. You know you know all about that from, from a sports line. I mean, you need guys behind the scene there watching these games, shot listing the games, and then writing scripts. Yeah. Oh, see, and I would so, never, you have to understand something, so Scott, I would never associate with those people behind the scenes. Oh, I, was a, I was a huge egomaniac. I spent all my time, you know, in the makeup room and whatever. And I expected I the highlights to be delivered. And but I would never, <laughs> I would never go into the belly of the beast where those guys were because these were guys and, and, and there were, and we had some girls too, not that many who yeah. were such sports fans that whatever game they were watching, they were completely into like smashing yeah. walls and like had bets down on games and, 
you know, Mark Askin, the producer, Mark Askin yeah. is such a huge Leafs fan that nobody would go into the highlight room while he was watching a game. No, nope. I get would, it. You know, if they, if they gave up a goal, stuff, would, you know, tapes would be flying all over the place. He'd punch holes in walls like it was it was nuts. You could be a complete over the top sports maniac. And that's the perfect job for you. Just sit yeah, and watch and it, games. Right. And get yeah, and we'll pay you no money at all. But oh, you get that's to watch for sports. Sure. Yeah, and uh, and that that original room, uh, eleven fifty five Leslie, right right across the tracks from your place at uh, Global, we had we we've had some greats come through there, like Mark and Paul Jones. I sat on the row with them. Paul Romanuk was there with me. Uh, speaking of women, Lisa Bose, she was the first one that went in that room and rolled up her sleeves because you had to back then. It was it. It was a man's world in there. I mean, and 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 she fought through that. And I've got the utmost respect. I watched uh, when she was on with you guys yeah. a while back there. Love it. I fought, the, when you say she fought through that, like what she threw punches at Gordon Miller, or like what was going on? Uh, you mean like you're, you're we're talking about you're talking about people that just about anyone listening has seen them on television, remembers them from television. Yeah. So, but, but what was it like back then? Like when you say well, fighting for stuff was there. You know, were there animosity? Were there rivalries? No, because I heard no. the story. I'll tell you, I heard the story, and I don't know. I heard it from one person, and then someone else confirmed it who was there. But one big, big, big shot at TSN apparently would go into the lunchroom and change the channel indiscriminately while people were watching whatever they were watching. One Never. person, and I've heard others say, "Oh yeah, that particular nobody liked that particular person, but they were a big shot at the network." I'm not going to mention any names. So what was going on? Yeah, never, never witnessed that in the newsroom. But when it comes to Lisa, I will tell you this. When everyone went in to start their shift, there was a big board and it listed all the games and stuff. And whether uh, you had uh, stripes on your sleeve or whatever, guys would line up and write their names down. And so she used to always kind of be at the back of the line. She gets stuck with, you know, the uninteresting game of the night. But after a while, she started to speak up. And I I always uh, said to her, you, you have as much right to do that Blue Jays-Yankees game as the rest of us. And once she realized that we were all on equal footing, she was right in there with us. I want that game. Okay, Lisa, you can have that game. So uh, she was Liz Bowes then. She wasn't Lisa Bowes quite right. then. We knew her as Liz, but, uh, you know, utmost respect and so proud of what she's done with her uh, kids books. And, uh, you know, I mean, that was that was the time to get into this business was back then. It was wide open. I mean, yeah, I you know. Wild Wild West and all a brand new sports uh, station. And then, oh. and then, you know, how many years later, what, 10, 12 years later, Sportsnet, the same thing. Look, I got to ask you this before we let you go. And Jimmy. that is you. So you weren't working lot. You weren't working the Cleveland series, right? No, I was I was off. Uh, Someone set. else was taking your job. Am I right? Uh, yes, th there is a, uh, a number you don't have two. to mention the person's name. A Padawan, as I like to call him. You need to give them a you need to teach them a lesson okay. not to put up stats where you don't have proper context. So the stat okay. was this, okay. Age 24 season, Toronto blue Jay pitchers, age okay. 24 season. And then, you know, ERA or whatever it was. Sure. So Alec Manoa, who's had seven starts in his age 24 season. 
Seven? His ERA is up there against Dave, Steve, Jimmy Key, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's their seasonal ERA that he's up against. Okay. Not yeah. after eight starts. So, Scott, yeah, good point. Good point. I know when it's your stat because you provide context. Sure. I think this is one of the biggest issues I have. Someone says to me, Jim Tomey is a better hitter than Mickey Mantle because he had more postseason home runs. I go, hang on. Yeah. Jim Tomey had this many home runs in this many games. Mantle had more because he only played in the World Series. And I think whereby the context has to be, you have to compare apples to apples. You can't compare yeah. Alec Manoa's eight starts at age 24 with Jimmy Key's 31 starts at age 24. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So the, the word of the day, if I uh, take away from this, is context. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Compare, yeah. Compare, like, don't, yeah, ex exactly. That's what aggravates me the most because people will see that and go, oh, look at that. Jim Tomey's a way better hitter be because all they see is most postseason hits yeah. or home runs. Not, not most postseason home runs per game, which, as we know, that's really the stat. How many points a game is this person averaging versus – you know, if I, if I said to you, Hey, I scored 20 points shooting baskets. You went, well, that's great. I go, yeah, I was, I was five for 72 shooting. Uh, <laughs> that's context. <laughs> anyway, Mike, uh, before we, uh, before we allow Scott to uh, get to his job tonight, which is doing stats for the blue Jays Tampa game, uh, any uh, final thoughts? Yeah, I guess I'd be curious to know, uh, and I know maybe the answer is Tom Cheek, but who is the greatest broadcaster you've ever worked with? Ah, well, I never worked with Cheek because he was on the radio side. Right. Uh, but um, I'm going to have to give it to uh, Dan Schulman. It's just a, like, when, I'll tell you a great story. First spring training that when he joined us, we were doing a game at the old Jack Russell Stadium in Clearwater. And about the third inning, Dan started to talk about something real inside baseball stuff. And uh, I leaned back, Buck leaned back at the same time when we gave each other the, uh, oh, we can work with this guy look. And he, he's, he's uh, as good as he is then as he was now. And uh, we lost him for a while there, but we were all thrilled to have him back. And, uh, I remember when I wasn't working with him and I'd be driving home from the airport after a road trip on a Sunday night, about nine 30 at night, I would turn on uh, the ESPN Sunday night radio game. And I would always say the same thing, take me home, Dan. And that's exactly what it did. Great pipes and so knowledgeable. And he's one of those guys too, who never goes, um, er, uh, you know, right. none of that very clean, clean, clean broadcaster, great pipes. And now he's his uh, son, Ben, is uh, calling minor league games uh, uh, like Fort Wayne or something like that. So following in his dad's uh, footsteps. And I'm sure if he's half as good as his dad, he'll be great. <laughs> That's amazing. And just before we say goodbye to you, do we have an update by any chance uh, on how Buck is doing? Everybody's thinking about Buck these days. Do you have any uh, insight into how he's doing these days? I I haven't spoken with him personally. He sent me a text last night during the hockey game. Hmm. Uh, and it was just three words, go Leafs go. Hmm. So uh, I, I would expect he was looking in on the game. Uh, haven't really heard anything from him personal, but he's a very personal guy and these are personal times for him. But uh, right, of course. until we hear something uh, bad, 
we're all having great thoughts. So, cause uh, nothing uh, bad will happen if we all think good thoughts. So we miss him uh, dearly. I've been working on, with him for 30 years off and on uh, and uh, can't wait to have him back. Nice. That folks is Scott Carson, third man in the booth on Blue Jay broadcast for the last 30 years. And as you can see, diehard Toronto sports fan. Argos, Leafs, Jays, TFC, um, Raptors. There you go. From West Hill. Uh, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, have you a great it. game tonight. Uh, Thank give, you. You give uh, our regards to uh, uh, Mr. Shulman, Mr. Tabler. If you are talking to Buck, uh, please send our best wishes to him as well. And have a great game and a good series this weekend against Tampa. Thanks very much. Great to uh, see you guys and uh, stay safe. Thanks, buddy. That is Scott Carson, ladies and gentlemen. The guy, the, the guy had COVID, man. He, let me, can you imagine? That's and and like you got to make that call, uh, Dan, <clears throat> to Shulman. You, you, you know that trip to Cleveland. I don't think you're gonna go. See, I can tell you, he didn't call Dan. You can tell he called Rogers, and then Rogers. Contacted. No, he must have. No, he had. Well, he said so. <clears throat> then he called Rogers first. He called Rogers, and then Rogers first. would notify the appropriate people. Yeah. You would call the person that you sat six feet from. <laughs> I think so. Anyway, it's good. But it's not your, you know, everyone's getting it. So it's hardly on, you know, not on Scott. So. Not everyone's getting it. Don't say that. Don't say Everyone that. in like the majority of people have had it. But I think that, I think, like you said, if you've been traveling back and forth on planes where people are unmasked, you've got a much, even though you're double vaxxed and boosted, you've got a much better chance. You and I have pretty much stayed, you know, we go, I wear masks when I go into stores, right? You, you know, we've pretty much, you know, um, done as much as we possibly can taking airplane taking airplane trips unmasked is not something that's uh, in my future have you got shot number four yet yep good for you oh yeah long time ago now okay good good long time four shots within uh, 365 days man hey you're the man good for you get boosted everybody hey listen tennis i gotta know what's going on with the tennis here denny shapovalov beat a i had an update it was 2-2 last update i had from our spy uh, Denny Shapovalov beat a hobbling Rafa Nadal, one six seven five six two, to advance to the quarterfinals of the Italian Open. Nadal's foot injury caused him problems uh, with the score tied 2-2 in the deciding set yesterday. Shapo won uh, just about every point after that as, uh, as Nadal like gutted it out, gritted his teeth, but you knew that like he was pretty much done. And so, right. yes, Mike? Bianca won the first set, 6-2. She did. Okay. Have she got and 20 bucks up, on uh... Up two to one in the second set, buddy. Up two one. Okay. All right. There you go. Five and a half to one against the number one seed. Wait, is that? I don't ever want to hear any of this. Like I said, she was looking not good, injured, all that. But, but time heals all wounds. And the fact that there's a pandemic as well. And who knows what kind of suffering. And how about, how about the mental stress of being a, a U.S. Open champion, top player? And now, you know, you're watching other players. Oh, my intel healthy. might be wrong. Hold on. Because I Googled No, it. no, no. Don't, Mike. No, that's two weeks in a row. Don't give me intel unless I can get a second independent source. This is we May 10th. This, okay. We went through this last week as well. well you you I only need, need one source for a sports No, no, you guy. don't. Because last week you told me something that didn't hold true. We just got Scott that? Carson to confirm that uh, Ben Wagner was in Cleveland all along. No, that was true. No, uh, well, anyway, anyway, that was was grumpy. I I don't Uh, give a shit where anybody is, to be honest. But anyway, Bianca did not win the first set. Ah! Do me a favor, forget it. Just let's just pay attention to what we got going here. Okay, please. All right. So, thank you, Chapo. uh, 
Well, make up your gonna, mind, man. No, no, I'm not. No, no, I didn't ask you. You didn't have to give me the uh, live updates. You decided to jump in there. I want to talk about Chapeau and I want to talk about Felix here. And whatever happens in the Bianca match is going to happen. Nothing we can do about it now. Okay, well, Bianca's damn one set to nothing. Okay. All right. Chapeau, um, Chapeau gets Casper Rude today. Felix Ogier-Aliassime gets the number one seed Novak Djokovic this afternoon in another quarterfinal event. And on the women's side... Did I mention that I have a $20 bet on uh, Bianca Andreescu against uh, Iga Sviatek, who's won 25 consecutive matches? Yeah, yeah. And she's I thought the odds were good. I thought Bianca had been playing well. <laughs> had not dropped a set in this tourney, but she did drop the first set, Mike. You're telling me now that's been confirmed. Yeah, and uh, also down Lost two the games first set. to nothing in the second set. And too. she's down two games to nothing, so she's going to lose. It looks, looks like, like it. Looks, looks like, like it. she's going to lose $20 down the drain. I was looking at the wrong match. I was looking but, at the But that's okay. That's okay. Okay, that's all right. It happens, all right? And this woman did have 25 consecutive matches won, and she'd been playing very well. But I suspect that Bianca is on her way to a victory at some point in the 2022 season, and maybe even the French Open, who knows? In golf, I'll be playing crosswinds tomorrow, and I cannot wait. It's supposed to be beautiful. This weather, how many years in a row is this where we've gone like from winter right to summer? Toronto way, man. Right to summer. Like not even two weeks of you know, 13, 14, 15, maybe up to 17, maybe, maybe might reach 20. No, no, no. 13, 12, 27, 31 yesterday. I'm looking at somebody. Holy cow. What the hell? But not well, here. 31? Not here, but somewhere in Western Ontario. Somewhere. Like maybe Peterborough or something. Sure. Mm. <laughs> not here. Well, he's not down here anyway, by the lake. Uh... Right, down by the lake. <laughs> so yeah, I'll be playing crosswinds tomorrow, trying to, uh, trying to uh, um, execute my best Sebastian Munoz, who shot a 12 under par 60, 60 for, for 18 holes, 60, uh, at the opening round of the Byron Nelson Classic. He leads by four shots, a 60. Top Canadian Mackenzie Hughes at four under par, that's 68. Uh, I don't even know what's going on. Oh, and for the record, for the record, just to clarify this, because everyone was confused at this point. Ben Wagner was absolutely in Toronto for the Thursday game. Then for the Thursday game. Okay. Yeah. Then he went to Cleveland. Right. Because they were rained out. That's right. They were rained out on the Friday and they must have said, we can't have this. Well, they heard your show. They heard you. No, I don't think they must have on the Friday. They must have said, look, Ben, they're rained out. Get your ass to Cleveland. Yeah. It's a short drive. Get over there. Yeah. To Cleveland. Okay. (laughs) Because yeah, that's because it must have been goofy with Pat being in the booth alone. Yeah, I'm sure it was an emergency. And then and Arash was on the field. Anyway, okay, good. We yeah. got that cleared up. I'm glad. That'll do it for episode 284 of Hebsey on Sports. Maple Leafs are gonna they're gonna win. They're gonna win tomorrow. Hey, go so Leafs, no, go. Why not? Let's fucking win. Let's go. Let's go nuts. Make noise. Let's make noise. Uh, thanks to Toronto Mike for production, inspiration, and hope. <laughs> Thanks to Scott Allen for executive production and hope. Thanks to our great sponsor, Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington. Go to crosswindsgolf.com and hope for good weather. It's going to be beautiful. Thanks to our special guest, the third man in the Blue Jays broadcast booth, Scott Carson. Great stories. Tom Cheek, Dan Schulman, and others. How how do you get a gig like that? Eh? You sit there, you don't say a word, you do stats, you get your little, uh, you know, you get your little trigonometry kit out there, you get your, you get your little internet, get your stats happening there, get to watch the ball game. What a great gig. Anyway, uh, thanks to all of you. Thanks for allowing us into your headspace. We're back with another episode next week when our guest will be 
former National Hockey League referee, Tim Peel. That's right, should have, should have been able to retire last year, but no, they fired him. We'll talk to Tim next week. Looking forward to that. Until then, so long for now.